it's time for Letter to Hong Kong, which this week comes from Labour Party legislator Fernando Chung. This programme is a personal view programme. Happy New Year, dear Poi Lam. I can't believe it's already 2017. I wish you a healthy, happy and productive 2017. It's been a long time since I wrote to you. You should understand that there is never a dull moment in Hong Kong. Although my intent is to use this platform at the Legislative Council to improve the livelihood of the most needy, I have been invariably dragged into endless political struggles. The most recent crisis is the government's legal action to disqualify four pro-democracy legislators. With oppressive measures of such a scale in play, it is very difficult to stay focused. I must try, I know. Because to seek social justice for the poor and vulnerable is my purpose of being in this position. For two consecutive days during the Christmas holidays, we went to visit a total of six residential homes for the elderly and the disabled. Our conclusion, that it is almost impossible to lead a life with dignity and autonomy when you lose your self-care abilities. That's a distressing thought, because no one can escape from aging and the possibility of becoming disabled. Is living in an institution the final destination for Hong Kong people? Do you want to die in an elderly home? These homes, unfortunately, are run largely by for-profit companies that offer low-quality services in rather unpleasant facilities. Hong Kong has the highest institutionalization rate among all developed places. Seven institutional beds per 100 elderly people. Most other countries have less than five. And about 70% of these beds are provided in the market. A low-end market, that is. The moment you walk into an elderly home, the urine and the human body odor informs you that the residents there are not well cleaned. In the living room, typically, a group of residents would be sitting around a television set, seemingly watching a television program. But if you look closer, most of them are actually staring in the air without showing any interest or having any interactions with each other. Those sitting in the living room are the ones who are more active. There are many others who would choose to hide in their little cubicles or simply lie in beds, with quite a few on restraint. These cubicles are formed by low partitions, with usually two residents in each of them. It is not well lit, and air conditioners are rarely used in order to save energy costs. Not much really goes on except for the daily routines, eating, sleeping, toileting, and taking medicine. Feeding and bathing would be done in a hurry because staffing is very thin. In fact, the law only requires a staff-to-resident ratio of 1 to 40 during the day and 1 to 60 during the night. Diapers are changed according to schedule, not to needs. There is no requirement for nurses or any therapists or social workers to be on site. And the space required for these residents is only 6.5 meters, including 
bathrooms, kitchens, and all common area. Why do we have such low standards? The government wants us to seek services from the market, and about eighty percent of the market is financed by CSSA, an income maintenance program that is designed to help the poor to sustain a basic living, not to pay for long-term care. With about eight thousand dollars per head, including room and board and everything else, and most importantly, a profit margin. This is the kind of quality of care one can expect. If the standards are raised any higher, the operators of these private homes said, they will go out of business. Now, government-subsidized homes offer much better care, but the queues are long. More than thirty thousand are waiting, and about six thousand of them died each year before they were offered a placement. The average wait is more than three years. Thus, the choice is clear. If you call that a choice, that the final destination for those who cannot afford a foreign domestic worker is a poorly run private elderly home. It is truly ironic when we hear this government slogan of "aging in place," when about seventy thousands of our elderly people. Have to be institutionalized. What happens to community support services? Can daycare and home care services help elderly and persons with disabilities to continue to live in the community? Of course they do. The only problem is insufficiency. The ratio of public resources devoted to community and residential services is one to six. Government's money does not follow where its mouth is. Though it should be common sense that everyone wants independent living, our government doesn't seem to understand. With the chief executive election coming in March this year, we're hoping that the next government would be willing to look at the issues of long-term care more seriously. The past governments have warned us many times about the rapid aging of the population, only from an economic perspective. It is time for those in power to look at it from a social and human perspective. Yours truly, Fernando Chung.